Mondays I washed. Tuesday I, I dusted the floors because we had hardwood floors and they would be all dusty. Wednesday I grocery shop. Thursday I do laundry again. And Friday and Saturday I'd clean. How about that? Ooh, it was the schedule. I, I really stuck to that. I'm very excited to finally share my interview with the matriarch of the Heist family, Bernice. We had a chance to sit down late 2021 and record our conversation spanning nine decades of life. So without any delay, let's jump in. I'm Bernie Heiss. I am 89 and a half. <laughs> I was born <clears throat> in Grand Rapids, Michigan, actually in the attic of my grandpa and grandma's home on Helen Street, which is near uh, Fulton and Diamond. Uh, now you said... If I remember correctly, you lived with other relatives in that in that first house. Is that correct? With my grandpa and grandma. Okay. That's all. Just okay. So it was, I, it was the siblings, your parents, then your grandparents that were all there. Yes. Yes. And our uncle Rich must have been there. I cannot remember. Auntie Jan, I think, I think she was born there as well. I I'm not quite sure, but the thing of it was, in the winter when it was cold, there was only heat on the main floor. Okay. And it was nice heat, but I remember as a little girl getting dressed on standing on the register because it was so warm. And that that's my memory of that house. And on Saturday nights, all of the family, my aunts and uncles, came to Grandpa and Grandma's and just to visit. Did you guys play games back then? You nope, just hang we, out? To... We just we just visited. I don't remember games. I although later on we did go to my aunt's house sometime, and Uncle Rich and my cousin Howard played tricks on us younger kids. <laughs> I remember some of those tricks, like, look up the sleeve and you'll see the stars, and they poured water down it. <laughs> Things like that is what... We had We had a lot of fun. I played my grand... My aunt and uncle had bars in their backyard where you'd hang a clothesline from the house to the bars, and I remember climbing those and just having a great time. So this is back in just for for context. You were born in 1932, is that 1932. correct? 1932. So in the in the midst of the Great Depression. Yes. Did that have an impact on you as you were growing up? Did you notice um, sort you know, of the the lack of of resources back then? You know, we were all in the same boat, and we had a great family life and lots of love. Never gave it a thought as to if we were poor or not, because everybody was, and it was no different. Did you ever have questions on what would be on the table the next day? No. We, uh, my grandpa had a produce route, so we always had food. Never, a, never. I don't know if he had a garden or not, but we, we never went without. We never questioned that. Always, my whole life. So, for context, um, in case of someone not from the family is listening to this, uh, so you have an older sibling, older sibling Rich, and then a younger sibling um, Jan. Jan. Rich is ten years older than me, and Jan is. Six years younger. No, she's four years. I'm, Uncle, Uncle Rich is six years older. Auntie Jan is four years younger. Okay, so yeah, yeah ten years, I guess, between the oldest yeah. and the youngest. Yes. Um, how would you describe your siblings growing up? We just had a lot of fun together. Were you, were you guys close? Did you did you fight a lot? Was there bickering? I don't remember fighting. Uncle Rich was that much older that yeah. okay. to us, whatever he said was was just perfect. You had, to, you had to follow the older sibling then. Exactly. We really did, and, and probably. All our lives. <laughs> That's, fair. That's fair. We did. Did you, um, you and Aunt Jan get along? We did. Growing up? I am, we always played together, with, whether it was paper dolls or outside making tents. Um, and her friends lived in the neighborhood as well as mine. And we, we just always played together. We had a good time. How would you describe um, your house growing up? Would you consider it a loving environment where your parents pretty involved with your lives as kids? Uh, obviously, you mentioned your dad was a traveling salesman. Well, my dad would leave the house on Tuesday morning and took the only car we had. He traveled to northern Michigan. Um, and so if we wanted to go anyplace, we would walk. Usually it was to my aunts or my grandpas and grandma, and they were a mile or two away. My grandpa had a produce truck and if we would visit with them, then he would drive us home after we visited and had our goodies. Um, we just, 
you know, every, everything, we just had fun. Our, we all had a share. I had, my job was to dust the dining room chairs, and I decided I would never have a dining room in my house because I didn't want to dust those chairs. Uh, we just, we just always had fun. Uncle Rich came home at, you know, after school or whatever, and at night he would do tricks with Auntie Jan and I on the floor. We always just, that was a big thing. Uh, we, every night we'd play outdoors on the street. We'd play hide and seek or the whole neighborhood. We, everybody went to the same school. So a just, lot of families nearby that were this similar of, ages. Exactly, similar exactly. We just had fun. School was, for you, school was pretty close to home. Were you able to walk to school, or did you have to get a ride? Walked to school in the cold weather. Okay. Um, took our bikes. Went to school in the morning, came home for lunch, went back after lunch, and then after school, whatever. It depends where we were involved in. School, our friends were all close. They were close to school or close to us. So we just, that was life. Everybody was just having fun together. What were some of the games you mentioned playing tag or playing ball out in the out in the street? Did you play baseball? Was it soccer? What? We played well, we played softball, hide and seek, and then as Uncle Rich got older, he there was a vacant lot next door and he put up a basketball stand. We played basketball in the winter. He froze it so we could go ice skating next door. And um that, that it just kept us busy. Although we did have a park about, I guess maybe a mile away, we'd walk to, and uh, ended up on Michigan Street. We'd slide until we were worn up, but we'd walk there. We'd walk home full of icicles, but that was our fun. That's what we did. In the summer, Uncle Rich, when he got older, was mowing the uh, doctor's lawn, a dentist actually, and he needed someone to trim. So I did the trimming. I don't know if you ever paid me for that, but um, that, that was what I did in the summertime to help him. Would you consider yourself fairly athletic way back yes. then? Yes. Did you yes. like playing sports, yes. like being involved in those types of yeah, things? Yeah, we played at school too. We, it was jump rope, it was uh, basketball, it was baseball, we'd all kinds of stuff. Uh, growing up, um, I guess in high school, were you involved in any school sports at that time or any other uh, extracurricular activities? I really, uh, yeah sang in the choir, but I didn't. Bowling, bowling was a big thing. We would hire a cab, about 10 of us girls, to take us to the bowling alley, because that was quite a ways away. And then we'd pile 10 of us into the cab, and then we would share the cost. And so we went bowling, but we would set our own pins. There were no pins, oh, wow. no automatic pin setters. So that was a big thing that we did. And basketball games every Friday night, always went to basketball games. Basketball games with the, the local high school team. Yes. We all, but we did, as, as younger girls, we would walk downtown to the YWCA and swim at least once a week. And then one of our parents would pick us up and take us back home. So, yeah, we did. We did a lot of that kind of thing. So we kept busy. One question maybe I'll go back on, um, and I think you answered this when we were chatting a little bit yesterday, but uh, growing up running water, did you have... An outhouse in the back you had to go to? No, we had everything, everything indoor, had a beautiful home, uh, which was, I mean, average, uh, just, you know, wonderful home life, wonderful neighbors. We just, uh, yeah, we, we were just very, very content. And along the same vein of thought, church was always part of your life growing up. Yes. Uh, do you remember going to church? Uh, you probably went more than more than once or twice on a Sunday? Always. Three times? No, not three times. <laughs> Dutch <laughs> service was in the afternoon. Okay. We went every Sunday morning and every Sunday night. But the Sunday night service, as I got in high school, were very long. And if we had a date, we'd go to a hymn sing, which they had every Sunday night. And I wasn't too happy with the fact that the minister preached so long. <laughs> so quite often I would go with my friends that night. Okay. Um, I guess going into high school and then college, you went. You ended up going to Kelvin College, now Kelvin University. Yes. Uh, how long were you there? One year. And what were the, the courses that you studied there? I just took the necessary, I don't even remember what I took, but there was a lot of reading involved. And as much as I love to read, I didn't want to read all the study stuff. That's when I decided I was going to go to Davenport. And I liked, I loved typing, I loved shorthand, and I made use of all those things 
spent one year at Davenport and then got a job downtown Grand Rapids. And this was as a, as a secretary, is that correct? It was, yeah, kind of, I just, I was the only girl in the office. So I, I had a pretty nice. Now I got to ask, did you do a lot of handwriting while you were in this job? Well, it was it all was it all typewritten? No, most I mean handwriting. I don't even know if I had a typewriter there. It was I did you know a lot of bookwork, so okay. uh, that took you know it was all hand. I'm just I'm just curious if anyone was able to read that handwriting. Well, at or that if time, that, if that happened later in life. Yes, no one complained <laughs> at that time, but a lot of it was numbers. But um, I I'm, must I'm have, just giving you a hard time. Yeah, I must have done some some typing because I remember taking letters. Take a dictation um, okay. in shorthand. So I guess okay. I did. I can't. It was not a big deal. So Now, I'm trying to think. You were born in 32, so you probably graduated about 1950? Um, grad, no, I graduated from grade school in 1947. Okay. From Christian High in 1950. 1950. So you were really at the age where you were too young to be involved directly in World War II. Yes. Um, except okay. Uncle Rich was drafted. So he was in World War II, and now when I look back on that, uh, I mean, I was involved in high school. That was my that was my big thing. So I didn't pay a lot of attention to that. Looking back, he was on the island of Tinian, and he did uh, glider training. And I learned recently in the last couple, well, last year that the atom bomb, the plane that carried that bomb, took off from the island of Tinian. And I wished I could have talked to Uncle Roach about that because he never talked about that. Do you remember what impact um, the war had on your experience growing up as a high schooler? I mean, a lot of your friends would have been too young, but maybe older siblings you would have seen drafted just like your own. A lot of my friends had brothers that were in service, and every family that had someone in service had a star hanging in their window. And if they had two sons, they had two stars. That, I think, was the biggest thing. You know, It's like, we're here and the war is over there. So you just, you know, it didn't involve us. Yeah. Which, it, you know, that's just the way it was. Were there any wartime rations back then that you remember? I remember, well, the funny part is, yes, I do remember some of that. I mean, like getting sugar and flour, we were rationed with that. Gas. There was only you could gas coupons. You could only get so much. So yes, we did run from that. Had some of that, but you know, it didn't. You just made you realized what it was, and it worked. So. Do you remember living with a lot of fear back then, or you felt that sense in the community that there was that fear, or more just resolve in, in what the they fear, were doing? The only fear was, Grandpa decided to be a block. And I'm trying to think of the word they used for him. He had to go around the block. If there was, I mean, we went through air raid warnings, and he had to go around the block to make sure that the people pulled all their shades, had no lights, and that was his job. That was the biggest thing. Kind of a fear, but it still was far away from us. Yeah. But they were preparing us in case something happened. So, And I think that's, um, I'm trying to remember what the term is, blackout or something like blackout. that. Blackout, yeah. Did you actually have to do that every night, or was that no, you sort just of just preparing in per- eventuality? Periodically, just okay. in case something would happen, we would be okay. prepared. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And that was very important to him. Yeah. That was his. And this would be, you say grandpa, this would be your grandfather. My dad. Your dad, okay. My dad, your grandfather. Okay, yes. My, my great-grandfather. Oh, that's right, your great-grandfather. Sorry <laughs> about that. I'm always a generation off, so yeah, that makes sense. So looping back, um, spent a year at Kelvin, uh, went to Davenport, got your degree, started working uh, at a clock shop, you said, downtown Piano Grand store. Piano store, yes. Which um, was fun, because I could play the organs and pianos in my lunchtime. So you must have learned how to play when you were younger? I took piano lessons. It was quite important. We had to take piano lessons. Did you enjoy taking piano lessons back then? No, not really, but I'm very thankful. I, and I really wish I would have spent more time playing. Um, but, you know, life goes on and you get busy. And uh, But I, I felt it was important, and I felt it was important, we did, that the kids, my, our children, at least knew enough about music to know a little bit about pitch and and. So they all played instruments in school, that in a grade school, high school. None of them did, but 
it's it's important for them to know how to sing and when you got to go up and when you got to go down with your voice and all those type of things. Yep. So that was important. It was easier back then when the hymn books actually had the notes in there, right? Now you've just got now, the words on the screen. I know. It's it's hard now, especially if you don't know have any idea what the yep. song is. But that uh, you you pull through. That's just the way it is. Now maybe be a good time to talk about Grandpa coming into the picture or your husband. Yes. So you were working at the piano store. Yes. Um, how did you meet uh, your husband, Henry? Because we went to the same church, sat in the same area, and Uncle Rich suggested to Grandpa that he take me out. And I had dated two other guys from church before that, and I wasn't sure I wanted to date another one. <laughs> but he convinced Grandpa to do that, which Grandpa did. And I was trying to think about that. We dated, and then Uncle Rich had a sailboat based in Holland. And it wasn't even a sailboat then. It was just a cabin cruiser. And um, so with Jay, and he had met Aunt Helen, actually by the docks there. And he was going to take the boat out with the family and said, why don't you invite Henry? And I had just gone out with Grandpa one or two times. But he convinced me, and I called him, and there was a struggle because he worked on the farm. And uh, that wasn't a happy situation when he told his brother he was going to take off for an afternoon. I mean, that was not the thing to do. But anyway, he, we all went, and Aunt Helen went, and we had a great time, and that was just at the beginning of our romance. So, Do you remember what that first date was? Do you remember what you did or where you went? Well, that, I, I'm not exactly sure. We might have gone to the races out at Comstock Park, possibly. I'm not quite sure, but we did that quite often. When you, when you say the races, are these horse races? No, uh, car races. Car races. Yeah. Okay. They, they was, that was a big thing then. What were, what were, I'm going to take that vein of thought. What were some of the activities people back then did when they were dating? Sunday night was hymn sings, which they don't even have anymore. Um, car racing, well, movies, that was kind of a questionable thing. Drive-in theaters was a big thing. Um, trying to think of some of the other things we did. Uh, maybe spend a night at the, or spend an evening at the beach. Basically, we didn't, we didn't, there was a lot of other things that, I mean, Christian High was basketball games, but after you're out of school, you aren't doing that. Right, right. So, um, yeah, basically, I guess that's just what we did. And, you know, we didn't get together and play games or anything. So, um, I, I think basically, I can't remember, Drew, exactly <laughs> what else we did, you know. What did, what did you see in Grandpa when he, I guess, first asked you, or even after those first couple of dates, that, that made you think there might be something long-term here? Oh, I don't know. I think my aunt... Uh, knew him because my cousin worked for him and she she encouraged me I said I don't really know she said he's got money you better go out with him <laughs> so that kind of stuck with me but I thought that's not that's not the good reason I just he was easy to get along with he was very understanding we just we had a common church background and it was very interesting because not too many, maybe 15 years ago when we were in Florida, we had just got there and got out of the car to go to the grocery store. He grabbed my hand and a young couple parked across from us. And I was just so shocked because they said, you look happy. What do, we're going to get married. What are your, what's your advice for a good marriage? So I thought, well, it must show on your face, which I thought was quite a compliment. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it, it's, I don't know, it's just interesting. Do you remember meeting his family? I remember my shower more than just meeting the immediate family. His sister was very easy to know. Um, his well, one brother was a little more difficult, his older brother, because I think he was just not quite sure what was going to happen. And this was his partner in business. Um, his other brother sold trailers. He was not on the farm at all. Very easy to get along with. And so it was, it was a good relationship, but it was scary. Sure. I mean, it is scary. I, I just think of that when I see young people meeting a future family, 
you don't know what's going to be there. It's, uh, How would you describe your in-laws, uh, parents specifically? So your father quiet, and mother-in-law. More quiet, um, very dedicated to their work, <clears throat> to their family. Um, I mean, they were busy on the farm. They didn't do a lot of things outside of that. Uh, and his sister worked full time, and his his mother babysat her grandkids. Uh, always, when the, if the grandkids were on the farm at all, she would always provide them with a snack, and she worked very hard to keep those kids, make sure they were fed well and taken care of. And we lived with them for about a month after we got married because Grandpa was building a home for us, and it wasn't quite finished. So we lived with them. So that was a different experience. I can imagine. But uh, it all worked out well. I mean, I went to work every day, so that was good. And I, I did the laundry at my mom's house because that's the way that worked out. But um, it, all, it all worked out well. It was good. How long did you and Grandpa uh, date before he proposed? I would say nine months, six months. Okay. I think, yeah, it's closer to six that's, that's months. That's pretty short. Yeah, it, how, it is pretty short. How, I guess, how old were you at this point when he did oh, propose Oh, I was only 19, 20. And he was, he's a couple years older, right? He's seven, seven years older. Okay, than so you have been 26 maybe? Yeah, 27? exactly, yeah. Were you at all worried about the age difference between the two of you? I don't think I thought about it. Uh, I really, he didn't look that old, so no one believed he was, he was that much older, but I really didn't, I mean, I'm sure I questioned it, but not, not enough to. It was never something you worried about. Another an issue. No. Okay. Okay. So he did propose to you. Do you remember how he proposed? I remember it was in, in the den of our house on Worcester. And we were just, I think we had a TV then. So we were just watching TV and, and then, uh, yeah, then he proposed. So that was... You obviously said yes. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. Yeah, so that was the start of let's plan, you know? So uh, after that, obviously planning for the wedding. Right. Uh, how much do you remember from your wedding day? Well, it's always a busy day. I remember that. Not is nothing, nothing elaborate like they have nowadays. I mean, we got married in church, reception in the church basement, because that's what you generally did. That makes it pretty easy. It's it's compared to what the cost was much different than it is nowadays. Uh, we did. We had a great wedding. Um, it was we got married in the, in the Protestant Reformed Church, the first PR church. Um, I would have liked another church, but Grandpa really wanted to get married there. So we did. And then we went to Florida for a two-week honeymoon. So that was quite awesome. Did you drive down there? We drove to Florida, and I had never been there. So, well, he hadn't either. Okay. So that would, but my aunt and uncle had left for Florida shortly, right after the wedding too. And they gave us some advice on places where to stay. So we did spend some time with them there, a couple of meals with them, time on the beach. But it all worked out very well. Good. So when you finished your honeymoon, you came back, where did you guys live? We lived with my mother and father-in-law for oh, right. about a okay. month. Right. And then Grandpa, uh, we, but he had started, he had wanted to build a new home. His two brothers lived on the farm one on either side of his parents. He did not want to do that. So he found a lot you know, less than a mile away. But So we were on a, a short, uh, a dead-end street, and we went, I remember going to the architect and having him draw plans for us, and then Grandpa worked with another builder that he knew and built a nice three-bedroom ranch house for us. And that's where we were for 20-some years. So all of your kids were born in that house? Yes. Yeah. Yep. They were all, you know, going to stop and think. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, they were. They were all born there. Why, do you remember why Grandpa didn't want to live close to the farm or on the same, you know, right next door? I think he just, I don't know. I'm, I'm very thankful that he didn't. <laughs> why, why is that? Well, because I just think enough is enough with family. I mean, you've got to, you know, you work with them all day. And I think he just, I mean, it was a perfect situation. He could come home for lunch. He was close enough. He could come home for lunch, drive home, and his brother could just walk across the field. 
But for us, uh, to just be away was perfect. And we had a beautiful home. And I was very fortunate as a young bride to have a brand new home. Absolutely. That doesn't happen. So when you guys got married, you obviously you were still working at the piano store. He was working at the farm. Right. Uh, did that stay the case until you had your first child? Is but that you're both, you were both working full time until you we had your bo- first child? Yes, yes, I did. After Glenn was born, then I stayed home, and I did Grandpa's book work. Um, not then, but shortly thereafter. Well, because his brother took care of the bookwork on the farm, but then when Grandpa decided to go into building, then I took over the bookwork. Do you remember why he decided to make that change? I think he was intrigued just to do something different. He had, he had done farming since he was young, and so I think he just saw something that sounded good to him, and I don't know if his brother was too happy about that, <laughs> but because his brother later bought another farm. The, the property on 28th Street was sold to a church, and then Grandpa went full-time into building, and his brother bought another farm and farmed with his boys. So, what Did he start his own building business, or did he work with somebody else when he when He, he had worked off? with another builder when he built our home, and then he started right out on his own. Bought a lot and kept, just kept going. Did he have all the skills he needed to build a house at that point, or you know, kind of figure it out in the way? He figured. <laughs> I think after working with the other builder, he knew enough, and he just worked his way around. I had known the the architect because um, Grandpa had worked with this architect. Uncle Rich had worked with this architect, and then when we start working with him, and then through, yeah, my dad was always very handy. And, and Grandpa was always very handy, so I think he worked his way through, and uh, he enjoyed it. He just enjoyed building something with his hands. I mean, different than produce, but uh, it was something he just enjoyed doing, so it worked out very well. And he did that really until he retired. Yes, he did. Yeah, and he really didn't retire. No, he always kind of kept <laughs> kept going. Kept tinkering, right? <laughs> he did, but he enjoyed that. Yeah. So that that was always good. So good stuff. And actually, this is this is maybe a good time to mention because um, you had four kids, right? I think you had twelve grandkids. Yes. Now with marriages, that that adds up. Yes. Because uh, those grandkids have gotten married, and I think by last count, you've got ten great grandkids. Correct. What do you remember about um, having your first child? So having having Glenn. I mean, how? Yeah. Do you remember the impact it felt on your life when you had that first? I don't think you think about it. You just go through it. And it was, it was an exciting time. It was just yes, a new experience. And you learn as you go. And then as I think it was when uh, Uncle Bruce was born that actually um, Grandpa's niece came over a couple times a week to help because it was busy. I say you would have and, had four at that point, right? Right. And so she um, she was at high school, I think. And so she just came and spent time to help me with whatever I needed. I don't even remember exactly what she did. but um, And so that was very helpful. So I had somebody to help me, which that was, that was a treat. And I'm trying to remember, I think we talked about this yesterday, but uh, Glenn would have been the oldest. Yes. And then it was Randy. Yes. It was Sue and then Bruce. What's the age difference, I guess, bottom to top there? There's two and a half years between Glenn and Randy, three years between Randy and Sue, your mom, and three and a half years between your mom and Bruce. Did you know you wanted four children? Was that the plan, or did, were you hoping for six? Were you hoping for two, and you, you got know, four? I don't think we we talked about that ahead of time. The only thing I talked about ahead of time is, and I probably shouldn't even say this, I did not want my children to go to the Protestant Reform School. Ah, okay. Which was a big thing at that time. They were starting that school and they felt their kids had to have a special school. I did not feel that way. Now, how long did you and and Grandpa go to the Protestant church where you got married right after getting married or did you go to a different church? Went to the Protestant Reform church all the time until we changed to the Christian Reform. Okay. How how many years was that, I guess, before you made that change? Sue was like two at that time. Yeah. The kids were young. 
I, I do yep. remember that. Yes. So you mentioned schooling. So you all four of your kids went to the Christian school. Yes. Why was that important to you? It was very important to both of us. Um, I didn't feel they had to have a special Protestant Reform school, but the Christian school, because of the friends, future uh, training, and what they would learn in the Christian school, and the public schools then were much better than what they are now. Mm-hmm. But it was the training that they would receive in all their subjects. They would be based, biblically based. That was important. And it, I mean, obviously not free. So that was a financial commitment that for you guys a, as well. That was. When I was little, and it was during Depression, my dad would give me an envelope to take to school with a quarter each week to pay for our schooling. So he, they really worked hard that we would go to the Christian school. My dad was, <clears throat> and mom were very influential with the Christian school. Um, yes, and it was it was something that was just, you, you didn't even think about it. That's where the kids went, and that was a priority. And that's what we made it. So, what do you do? You remember any um, specific challenges or, or fun times? I guess uh, being a mom with with four kids. You know, we always had fun. We would build tents in the yard. We would um, we had hills behind our house in the winter that they went sledding. They could just be out there. And we had a dead end street. We had all the kids on the street went to the Christian school. So they all played together. It was really easy compared to what it is now because they, their playmates were right right there. And they just, they always had fun together. So I, I mean, really it was easy compared to what some of it now. And we didn't have all the activities. Like you got to get, you got to have this sport after school and that sport. Very, I, I don't remember the, until high school that the kids went to baseball games and, and then they were into swimming, but in, in grade school, no, it was just go to school and come home and play <laughs> basically. So that was good. What would you say to parents? Um, so, I mean, not only your kids, but really your, your grandkids at this point, um, who are dealing with that situation, they're married, maybe they're both working. They've got kids who are in all these activities. What would your advice be to them? You know, when I see, it's always, I see what's happening to the young people nowadays, and and I could speak to you too, but I think so many of the young people have been brought up and their parents, at least the people that I know, have done well. And when kids get married nowadays, a lot of them want to, well, my mom and dad had this, so I want to have this too. Whereas I think there was a time when I was unusual that I could have a new home. But everybody, you get married, you have an apartment, then the wives always stayed home. They just, it was never an option that you work. So your job was to take care of those kids and provide meals and, and a home and do the laundry. And everybody was doing that. That's the way it was. And, and the guys worked. And... Yeah, babysitters, well, yeah, you might get a babysitter, but basically, you know, life life was easy, comparison. When I, but I always had a car available, too, because Grandpa always had a truck for work. So I was always able to go to the store and do, I could go visit my mom. I got together once a week with my aunts and my mom and Grandma, and we would visit. So we did, a, those are things we just did. Did you bring the kids along on those Oh, visits? sure. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because we would go in the afternoon. Okay. So, but my week was scheduled. I mean, that's the way I did it. And it was fine. What did you and Grandpa do um, to help, uh, I don't know if sustain is the right word, but keep keep the marriage important, I guess, to the both of you in the midst of having kids? Did you have regular date nights? Or are there little things that you did with each other? We did not have regular date nights. I mean, he got up and went to work. And when he came home, he was tired. And, yeah, you'd play with the kids. And, you know, they have to mow the lawn, and you had some of that stuff they had to do. And mm-hmm. I, the day's just everyday stuff, and, and a lot of it was just playing with the kids. And, uh, yeah, on, on Sundays, we never had nurseries. So we lived on 28th Street by the golf course. 
and I'd go to church Sunday night, and he would always walk with the kids down the street and cross 28th Street and watch the golfers. Mm -hmm. So that was what he had done and he did on Sundays. And, um, yeah, on Saturday night, it was a big deal because he would work late. I would get the kids ready for bed, and we would drive out to the drive-in for Hamburgs. That was the big, a big thing that we did. So just the two of you then? No, everybody. Oh, with, oh, with everyone? All the kids, the whole family, yeah. And, and the Sunday nights were quite often a visiting night, not every Sunday, but with other couples. And then you'd get a babysitter for a dollar a night. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty good deal. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> So basically, you know, on the other nights, the kids were doing homework or practicing piano, and that kept us busy. Mondays I washed. Tuesday, I, I dusted the floors because we had hardwood floors and they would be all dusty. Wednesday, I grocery shopped. Thursday, I'd do laundry again. And Friday and Saturday, I'd clean. How about that? <laughs> it was the schedule. I, I really stuck to that. Thursdays, though, I would, this is the day I would go to my grandma and my aunt's. So that, that was, and when I grew up, they all lived close to each other, that after school we could walk to the different aunt's house or to my grandma. Well, that was a treat because we'd always get cake and milk or whatever. Yep. That was a treat. Yep. So we just... And I think you mentioned that Grandpa worked six days a week. Oh, yeah. So it, Sunday was his only day off. Exactly. But there was one time when we were invited to Battle Creek for our friends for dinner, and it was hot summer day. And the plants needed watering on the farm. So we had to cancel going to dinner because the farm, that was, you know, that was his livelihood. Mm -hmm. So we stayed home so he could do the watering, which that was only one time that I remember that that happened. This was before he went into building? Yes, before right? he okay. went building, right. Do you remember um, starting his own building company, basically? Was that hard? Did that take up, I mean, obviously it took up a lot of his time and effort, I imagine. Uh, were you ever was, worried about the income, too, at that point? It was a decision that when, when that all started, when he built our first house. And then in the summer, he was always busy on the farm. In the winter, for the couple of years there, he worked with another builder. Just that was I didn't mention that earlier, but just to get more experience. Yeah, so okay. he would build like one house a year. So it kind of was in his blood. So he kind of knew what what to do. And when he decided, we prayed about it. And... Um, I just said, I'll help with the book work. And, um, and, and before that, in, in the winter, he had worked at a company that made prefab houses close by, just something to get income and to do something. And I think it just, he decided this was something he wanted to do. So we worked at it together and yeah, he enjoyed it. He, for one thing, better hours. Because he would, when he was on the farm, he'd get up three mornings a week at one, two in the morning to bring produce well, to the I market. I can't imagine. No, so I mean, so by the, you know, so you talk about nights, but he was yeah. tired by the time he would come home from that. So, um, so he really, he enjoyed that. So I think it was something that because he enjoyed it, so it was, it was good. Was money ever tight in those early years as he was starting out? There was a couple times when, uh, you know, when, when, Depending on, I guess, how you run a farm, but um, quite often, I mean, because there was Grandpa, and then there was Uncle Frank, and then there was Dad, Grandpa, and sometimes they would wait till it, which made sense in a way, wait till the end of the year to see how much, you know, they would really make. But, you know, you got a family, and you got bills coming in in between there. Mm -hmm. So there, there were a couple times there that was a little tight, mm -hmm. but, and you know, I, it just works. You do a lot of praying. You really do. But it did. It, it worked out. It really. It really did. Thinking about it. So. Now I'm trying to remember because um, you ended up owning a place in Fort Lauderdale. Right. You owned a cottage at Barlow Lake. Yep. Um, when did the When did those properties, I guess, come into your fold? The cottage on Barlow. We had a friend who had a cottage on Barlow. They had built one out there. Uh, knew her through a neighbor, and we rented um, their place. They wanted to rent it for a week or two, so we rented from them, and Grandpa thoroughly enjoyed that, which I was, you know, I said, he said, you know, you could spend more time here. And then when the, then we, that year we rented, 
And then I think the next two years we rented, actually next door to where we ended up buying. Uh, and I was a little cautious about that because he was still going to market at that time. And it's like, I'm not going to be out here by myself. I didn't know anybody. I mean, that was a whole different world. And so um, one day, Aunt Sue, after we had rented out there, Aunt Sue, she was always looking in the paper, Aunt Sue, your mom. I think that got into her, her to the real estate, thinking about it. Saw the, a cottage that was for sale on Barlow. Told her dad, grandpa, about it. And he had to think about it. He thought a while. The day or two later, he said, okay, let's go look at it, which we did. Well, then it was sold. <laughs> and so, well, that took care of that. A year later, your mom's saying, um, I think the same cottage is for sale. We immediately got in the car, went out there, uh, and the real estate lady who happened to be a relative of grandpa's wasn't there, but the couple that lived there, then they lived there year-round, told us we could come in, which was quite, you know, pretty good of them. And Grandpa walked through and said, I think we can put a stairway here. There's an attic. He went and looked at the attic and decided we could make bedrooms up there. And your mom is the one, the instigator on that one. <laughs> so that's what started buying the cottage. Florida happened um uncle rich and Aunt helen had a place in florida and we had been there a couple years he rented a place for grandma okay so his your mom. mother yep. my grandma yep and we uh, would, your mother my mother okay yeah well <laughs> just to clear. that straight yeah <laughs> so we would um we got when so she had a place to rent but nobody could could go down there and take a whole you know a couple months off so we would drive a, um, her car down. She would fly with Uncle Rich. We would drive the car down to stay with her two weeks, and then we would fly home. And then in the spring, when she was ready to come home, we would reverse the situation. Okay. So one, it was a couple different places she stayed, and Uncle Rich was saying, it's hard to find a place for Grandma. And we were at this one place, and, and then Grandpa came after Walt came back in, he said, I looked at those places over there. I think we should buy one. And I'm kind of going, well, I don't know. But anyway, it ended up, the next day we were on the boat with Uncle Rich, and our Grandpa told him what we were doing. And he said, I got a place that I owned down there. So-and-so is living there. So why don't you look at it? I'm just kind of amazed at this whole thing. So we did. Walked in, and I said, oh, all these colors were just old and outdated. And Grandpa says, we'll take it. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Well, anyway, that's what it got, That's how it got us out to Florida, which was a wonderful, wonderful investment. I mean, you guys went down there for years, so then, right, during, then this, during the we winter. We went down there for 20-some years. But that was, again, Uncle Rich was able, made it yep. possible so we could do that. Yep. So, therefore, we could have our grandkids come down, our kids come down. Yeah. And it, it just like the cottage, it was just wonderful memories. So this is maybe a good segue because you mentioned Uncle Rich or, or Rich, your brother. Yeah. Um, who obviously went on to found or co-found a billion-dollar corporation. Right. What was that like? Because obviously he was your brother growing up. He was just the older brother who always liked to try new things. Yeah, um, basically. But he ended up becoming a, a celebrity almost in his own right. Right. So what, really was, what was the experience like for you? Oh, he was my brother. I mean, it was just... I didn't, I didn't look at him in any way different. But other, I thought about this last night. Other people would look at my mom. I mean, okay, you're a friend. But once Uncle Rich made it, so to, be, so to speak, people looked at her entirely different. Mm -hmm. Very interesting to see, oh, that's who you are. Um, and I, I've, even some of that today, I find some of that. So it's, it's just very, very interesting to see. How did you see, uh, and obviously this conversation is more about you, but I'm curious how you saw your brother change uh, during those times, really from just, you know, <laughs> grunting it out in the garage where they started really to, to having nice boats and traveling all over the world. Um, did you see his uh, personality change at all, or is, was he still the same brother that you knew? He was the same brother, and when we were even in grade school, I remember he had a car, it was a convertible, he would think it was great to take us to school, grade school. And 
that that I I think he gets that from my dad. My dad was always very positive, and I think Uncle Rich. I mean, I see a lot of those traits coming through, and it's just it's just sharing. I've got these. I've got this wealth, and was never a question. I remember the first time we got a wonderful Christmas gift from him. Auntie and I just cried. I, I can still see us. We just could not believe it. And I was like, oh, now we can get underground sprinkling. No, I mean, this, this is, <laughs> yeah. was, was a luxury. So, you know, he's always treated us royally. And kids, grandkids, yep. just um, very, very thankful. And you, I mean, you guys really stayed close we did. Uh, through his whole life. He did. And, and that I, that's when I, like when I say I wanted to talk to him about <clears throat> the atom plane that took mm-hmm. the atom bomb, if, if I wanted to talk to somebody after Grandpa was gone, I could talk to him, and he yeah. would, you know, say this and that and the next thing. So uh, definitely very, just very blessed. Mm-hmm. And I think our whole family has been. And really through that um, relationship, I think you had a chance to do a lot of traveling that you maybe wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Uh, any memorable trips stand out to you? Australia, Alaska, Netherlands. We had a wonderful trip with, that he took us all on to the Netherlands. Australia, we went by ourselves, but we've, we've been to Hawaii twice. We've been, um, I mean, we've been taking, we took family vacations, mm-hmm. which um, he had a big part in. And he took, he took the whole family to Florida. I think it was at least twice we went down there. Um, and your mom, that was before she was married. Mm-hmm. But he um, he just, he kept the family together. I mean, holidays, we always got together on Christmas, Thanksgiving, um, Memorial Day, Labor Day. And that was a big part of his life, just sharing what he had. You mentioned the Netherlands, and I actually don't know the answer to this question. I know... Um if we, if we trace the family tree far back enough, I think I think it would trace back to the Netherlands somewhere. But do you remember um, who is the first person who immigrated to the U.S.? Um, I think it was my dad's dad. Okay, so your grandpa. My grandpa would have been the first person to move to this to Michigan, right. really from. Well, from Netherlands. he apparently was orphaned. I've got to look at my my ancestry stuff, but he was orphaned and then brought to. France, I think it was, to live with a relative. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but I think about when he was 14, he came to the United States. I, I don't know if it was with a relative or by himself. Um, and so as far as I know, he was, he was directly from the Netherlands. Okay, wow. Yeah, that's, that's trying to recall that one, but I think that's it. Do you have any fun stories um or any any particularly fun memories of you and Grandpa and the kids either on a trip or doing something else that, that you can recall that stand out? We had a fun time, and this was very unusual because Grandpa was always busy in the summer, but your mom was little. I don't know if I hope, I don't, I don't I think that was before Uncle Bruce was born, but Grandpa's brother John had a trailer at a park by Grand Haven, and how come they said, you want to use it? You can use it. I've got a boat there. And to me, we could take a weekend. I mean, it was just absolutely fantastic. The kids were little. We could take that boat out. Grandpa had never driven a boat. I mean, it's just thinking about that, we had such a good time. That was, I guess that got in our blood after a while. Yeah, because obviously boating and being on the water was a part part of your life for a long time. It is. That was one of the first times, and that was really special. So... But then, yeah, we've had many special other trips since then. But that was, I think, one of the first first things that we had really enjoyed. So, uh, what was it like watching? I guess your kids uh, get married and then begin to have grandkids. So you move from being a mom to a grandma. It's exciting. It's just an exciting time to see these little ones. It's just, I mean, it's just like yesterday watching Ari and Decker. Oh, nothing. Your great grandkids at this point. My great grandkids, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Just to see them develop and their friends and having their friends come over. I remember Uncle Glenn had his friends come over, and um, it was we just always had a fun time. 
So I've, I've got some uh, maybe more difficult questions for you, uh, if you're up for it. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about uh, the, the good things in your life that have come on. Obviously, there's been some hard times as well. Right. Um, the first one that comes to mind uh, for me, just because it was part of my experience as well, would be, I guess, losing your son, your oldest, right. uh, my Uncle Glenn. Yeah. Just walk me through what that, what, how that impacted your life. I've gone through this quite recently because it was on a Saturday afternoon. I had gone to get a haircut. I came back. I said to Grandpa, let's have a cup of tea. And your mom called. And I said, oh, you know, where are you? Why don't you come? We're having tea. Yeah, we'll be there in a little bit. She was sitting in the driveway. Mm-hmm. She had known that Uncle Len had passed away. And all of a sudden, everything just, you know, everybody was there. And it was like, just very difficult. It's just not the normal way things should be. And, you know, for me, it's one thing. But for Aunt Gwen and for the kids, that's that's a struggle. But it's so interesting because <clears throat> I've gotten together for lunch with second and third cousins. And the first time we met, because we hadn't really seen each other for years, all three of us had lost a son and a husband. Mm. So it was just, it's very interesting and the more people you talk to, you can't believe how many families <clears throat> have gone through things like this. Do you remember what, um, how Grandpa felt during oh. this time? Because he really wasn't, I think, uh, at least in my experience, now as one of the younger grandkids, but he was never one to really share his emotions verbally. Right, um, you're right. I think you maybe had a better glimpse into that than the rest of us did. I can just speak what the guys at church said. After church, they would all sit at a round table in the activity center and have coffee. Mm-hmm. And the first thing those guys said to me, he's not the same guy. Mm-hmm. Because they worked together every day. So that was very hard on Grandpa. He had a hard time. I think until the day he passed away, it was just, it was a hard thing. And he passed away 2015? Glenn died April 16 of 2011. 2011 yep. Grandpa died January 13 of 2000, January 14 of 2013. A year and a half, not quite oh, a year and a half, okay. or a year and nine months. So, yeah. So it was, it was, yeah. I th- I think he struggled with it. He didn't always say that, mm-hmm. but, but like you say, he didn't display his emotions. So right. That was just. Um, so I guess losing losing Grandpa really would be another. Um, big moment of loss in your life. You know, it lo- was. Losing your husband. Now, his health was declining for months, really, if yeah. not even years. Yeah. Um, I guess, what was it like for you to lose this person that you've been with for, I mean, how many years? 50, 55, 54? One month shy of 60. One month shy of 60. It's amazing. And what helped? Your mom was just a wonderful family. The family they coming around. They were there for me. They yeah. stayed with me. They... They took such good care of me, and I, I was very blessed. It's, you know, I, you look at people who have lost a partner in just a short period of time. My dad and mom, my, my, they never made 35 years of marriage. Mm-hmm. So you've got to look at the positive side. I mean, yes, there's always negatives, but I have been so well taken care of. I, I just, I thank the Lord every day. Because I've I've been blessed. Mm-hmm. So, what's what's one of the little things that you missed, or, or maybe you noticed when Grandpa wasn't around, um, that that you missed? Someone to talk to, and coming home alone. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're out for the day or night, coming home, I think those are the hardest things that you you go through. Yeah. Uh, yeah, eating by yourself, which is wonderful now because where I live. I mean, I have people here. I can walk in the hall. I can talk to people. It's um, Living alone is... I had wonderful neighbors. They were all great. But it, that's the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're doing everything alone. You're kind of like a fifth wheel, third wheel, whatever. Yep. So, um, but, you know, it all... Each day gets better. And that's, that's what you got to do. And, you know, I am just, I'm so fortunate because I got gals that go to church. We go to church together. We have dinners together. We do lots of fun things. So I'm, I just am very blessed. And I think you've alluded to this uh, several times before, but faith obviously being an important part of your life, really from, 
from the very beginning. Right. Um, so how has uh, your faith sustained you through those moments? My faith has pulled me through prayer and, and just faith and hope, mm-hmm. knowing, <clears throat> knowing that the Lord is in control. Uh, that does it. You can't do it on your own. You know that. And church is very, very important to me and family, as you know. And so um, I, like I say, I, I'm just very blessed because there's so many good things that, things that I've been able to do and enjoy. Uh, Grandpa was very good and uh, had a good living and enjoyed what he was doing. And so I could, even though when he was dying, he was concerned about paying for the help that we had. And once I said to him, you know, you worked very hard for this. I think that was hard for him to grasp. But I think on the other hand, he felt good about that. So that was, yeah, it's, it's you, but you need family and you need prayer to go hand in hand. So I'm curious, um, talking about that, um, what, what are some of the little habits that you've done I'm sure they've changed over the years, but some of those little faith habits um, that you've always, that's always been part of your life to keep that connection strong. Quiet time, prayer time, church, my, my church friends. Mm-hmm. So my, just that, that faith yeah. community around you. You do, my family. You know, you can, you just uh, can talk to the family and, and they understand where you're coming from. Um, it's just... It's just, it's just a wonderful thing to have, and you need that. So one thing that's easy for someone my age, you know, almost 30 years old, is it seems like every major event is, is always like the biggest event that we can imagine. Um, but you grew up with World War II. You grew up during the Cold War, the Korean War, um, Vietnam, uh, multiple Gulf Wars, a lot of pretty historic events. Um, even presidential assassinations and all these all these other things, do you think that uh, the country is more divided than we used to be, or is it just a case of we always think it's bad now, but we forget how bad it was before? I think some of that is true, but I do think in this world today it's very chaotic. It's the only thing that keeps not the only thing, but yeah, important thing that keeps you going. I know who's in control, and. I may look at things and think this isn't right, but certain people are being used to to show you that he is the Lord is in control. And okay, maybe this person is doing this, but and you look at Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible and how the Lord used mm-hmm. him, and I don't think we're always aware that there are people that are being used in our journey in life because we don't know how they're being used until later then you see that how do you think what's your perception of um and this this is going to be you know an overarching term but your perception of the american church now versus what it was 40 50 70 years ago changed a lot do you think it's as strong as it once was as an as a an organ institution is probably not even the right word for it but as a movement well it's 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 kind of hard because I think of it as p- people my age. Then I see the young people, and it's like, I don't know about that. But then I see other young people, and they're very involved in, in mm-hmm. things that I wasn't involved in. And I think they've had opportunities, and they're making use of those opportunities, where sometimes we did not have those opportunities. And so I, you, you can't condemn that. Because they're also being used. I mean, they, you see what's going on in the world and how they're working on different things. So I, I think, you know, I'm not in control, but um, I'm, I'm just thankful that I'm not and that I have someone that I know who is in control. So be, being a brother to um, someone who is a self-proclaimed optimist, um, do you share do you share an optimistic viewpoint of the world that your grandkids and great grandkids are going to grow up in? I have concerns. I, I look at those little great grandkids and think, what is the world going to be like? And then that's where I, 
and recently I thought about that. Recently, those little ones are loved, and there is a reason that they're here, and who knows what that reason will be. And I think we have to, I, I mean, I pray for them every single day. And my grandkids, and 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 my kids. I mean, it's just that's an important. All the generations. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an important part. But who knows what those little grandkids will be doing, mm-hmm. or what's happening? I fear for them because of we know what's we don't know what's ahead, but we know there's a lot there's things that are, we don't want to have happen. So yeah, I I, I have concerns, but I do a lot of praying about it. Uh, what are the things, those are some of the concerns, are there any things you're optimistic about? You know, there's times you'd like to just have a picture of what, what's, and you don't have. But I know that if if they are taught and, and they believe that I will see them again someday, who knows just how or what, I mean, we don't know. But um, it's, it's it is a concern. But you want it, you just look at them and think, okay, teach them the way to go because that's important. And it, it's interesting to watch and, and see those little kids. And um, I because mean, I was to a Sunday school program, and then you, you hear about these little four year olds who come home and they're singing all these songs. And it's like, yeah, that's what it's all about. The, uh, those are all positives. So thinking of those grandkids as well, um, what are, and I can frame this question a couple different ways. On one hand, I could ask what are some of the regrets that you've had in your life and how you, you would uh, do things differently. I, I could also ask the question to say, what advice would you give uh, your grandkids as they look forward to their future? So I'll let you take that question whichever way you'd like. I I look at myself, I shouldn't say this, but I look at some of the opportunities that you guys have had, like you had the opportunity to go to the Holy Land, and I just think, oh, wouldn't that have been wonderful? I, you know, I mean, as an adult, I could have gone there with, with things that were going on that did not happen. But I just want them to grow up and you to realize what a blessing that you were born into this family, that you were able to go to a Christian school, be a church member, get, you're involved in, in things. And that is that is the prayer, I think, of every grandparent, is to see that they're not off, way off one way or the other, but just, just to stay connected to family and church. And I can't say this is the only church. There's different ways of worship, but you know, just just to see, and as a grandparent, you know that where those kids are, yeah, and that's important. So your advice, really, just to distill what you said, um, would be to remember the and stay connected to family, the importance of family, and then really the other piece of that is your faith. Is that a good summarization of of what you said? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Are there any other um, questions? Uh, things you would like to share, capture that that we didn't cover. No, we've we've gone over a lot of things here from over the last eighty nine <laughs> and a half years. <laughs> you you've done a good job. I I love to stay connected to my grandkids. To get calls from them, it doesn't have to be a letter. It doesn't have to be a long dis- dissertation or anything. But just to talk to them. That is important. To see them is better yet, but that's not always possible. That's all part of family again. And I think people are surprised when they know. I mean, I know even at the lake, when everybody came and took the docks out or put them in, our neighbors were just, how do you get those kids to do that? So, you know, it's, it's just concern for one another, care for one another and helping one another. So this reminds me of, you, you mentioned when you and, and grandpa went to Florida, you, you got out of the car and this young couple, you know, asked, you know, why you guys look so happy and how your marriage has lasted so long. I'm not sure we've actually addressed that question. What would you say um, made a successful nearly 60 year relationship between, between you and, you and grandpa? You it's and, a you 50, and 50 relationship. I mean, there were times that I was not happy that he would get up at 2 in the morning because we could not go out on Sunday nights a lot of times because he had to get up. I mean, it just, well, that that's part of life, and you know that's the way it's going to go. And so 
And I knew that that started like around Decoration Day and it lasted until Thanksgiving. And then we could have a break. And I think, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> I mean, it really was. It was like, okay, now we can do some things on those nights. But it, it's a give and take, no matter. You can see that in your family. You know, it's not all me. It's not all you. Yep. You got to do it together. Actually, let me let me finish with that question. What is the thing that, looking back, you're most fond of or even most proud of over those last 89 in, in some years? It's It's your kids. It still it still goes down to your kids, and even even if we talk as friends here, it's I feel sorry for people who don't have a family, and we just said, you know, what are you doing today? Well, I'm going to be with the kids, and it's it's so important that you can keep that connection open because not everybody has that, and I just feel very blessed that I can talk to my kids and they call. That they're concerned about me, that they're there to help, um, and this goes down to the grandkids. So I'm, I'm just really thankful for that. Well, I think we'll finish with that. Thank you, uh, thank you so much for your time and well, thanks Julie. sharing sharing some of your life here. This has been great. That's good. I appreciate you doing it. It was, it was really good. Once again, a special thank you to my grandma Bernie for doing this interview. Music is from the 1959 recording of Dave Brubeck's Take 5. Thanks for listening.